You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. Hey, Mitch! Amazing Las Vegas Comic Con, and it is my honor to talk to Ken Levin right now. And uh, he is an executive producer for Preacher on AMC, The Boys, soon to be on Amazon, uh, Hellboy movies one and two, and most importantly, the publisher for First Comics. Hello. Hi. <laughs> How's your con been so far? Uh, it's been great. If you can't have fun at a comic book convention, you're doing something wrong. This is very true. Like, I mean, what what is it that you when you come here? What what, what are you looking forward to doing? What do you, what do you what do you get to do? I just like talking to fans. the The passion that drives them. Uh, everybody's is different, you know. Whatever it is that they like, but um, the passion is just palpable, mm-hmm. and it's so much fun. And getting to publish with these terrific creators that we have independent books um there's no fan that we don't have something that just isn't gonna make their head explode that's a lot of fun so yeah i mean here at your your, your stand your booth you have uh quite a few titles and stuff. what what is it that you look for when you're looking for at creatives or creators what, what they're going to publish you know what or what they're going to make, what is it that you want to publish? Like, is there a certain standard? Is there a certain... Uh... There, there's a standard, but I, but it's arguably purely subjective, which is we strive for great. There's a lot of publishers, and there's a lot of good stuff out there. Um, we really reach for things that will knock your socks off, and sometimes we don't get there. So I'm looking for creators that have that capability within them um, Steve Stern and Dan Cody created uh, Zen Intergalactic Ninja when um, when we had first started First Comics uh, when we were the only independent other than Marvel and DC we were the only comic book company there was and we were smart enough um, not to do superheroes because why do you want to beat your head up against the wall with Marvel and DC who do it so well? Mm-hmm. But we did everything else. We did manga. We were the first ones to bring in manga, Lone Wolf and Cub. Wow. Uh, we did kid stuff, family stuff, fantasy, noir, um, sci-fi, you name it. We did it. And uh, Zen, Intergalactic Ninja started... Um, after we were already up and running and they went to another publisher and then when we relaunched first after I bought it back um, they said we'd love to be part of the first family I said that'd be great so I knew what I was getting then <laughs> the fill box um, they had 
a long run, 13 volumes for Dark Horse of Star Wars Clone Wars. And I got introduced to them at Comic-Con 2011 by New Zealand publishers. So these guys are just fabulous, and they've got all these independent ideas, um, and nobody wants to publish them. I said, let me see what you got. And 20 minutes later, I said, I'll publish anything you want to do. And I have. And one's better than the next. Uh, Matthew Ewan and John Ewan, his twin, who um, were in Observe and Report, the movie, Mm -hmm. which was a Seth Rogen movie. And Seth uh, is also an executive producer, preacher, Mm -hmm. and the boys. Um, They'd been doing a comic series and said they had other ideas, and I said, let me see what you got. Same things happened. We published everything that they have. Um, we have uh, a, a very Orlando Harding. Um, I'm missing probably five of them. Um, independent creators who are just so talented, all they need is a little support, a little guidance, some editorial every once in a while. <laughs> and... Uh, I just couldn't be happier with the books that we have out already and the books we have coming. And now we just need First Comics to have more of a presence in the marketplace, well, which it turns out means you got to advertise and promote. Okay, we okay. can do that. All right. <laughs> I mean, obviously, yeah, I mean, everybody I've, I've gotten to talk to here is saying how, how great it is to work for you. And what what is it? I mean, obviously, you ha- you're not just doing the superhero books, but you're doing every different type of genre and stuff like that. Uh, in your panel that you just had, that I got to hear a little bit of it, you you're a trial lawyer. Are you, I was. You, you were a trial lawyer. You I mean it's it's where you started out. What? Why comic books? Why did you want to? Dip that into it was that? just serendipity. Okay. I I'd started my own firm after being at uh, the big high powered firm for a number of years and had the pleasure of trying cases with some of the best trial lawyers in the world. Um, but two law school mates of mine, uh, we'd always said in law school, someday we're going to start our own law firm, which was sort of a pipe dream. And then we put it together and it was great fun, but we didn't have any clients. And one day these, uh, two guys who wanted to start the first independent comic company came in and we became friends and, um, they, uh, their money had fallen through. I said, if you know, if you'd like another partner, I'd be glad to look at this. I think, I think this is smart. I think it's doable. They said sure, and um, we raised the money, and we were off and running. And now, you know, I'm running a lot of aspects of a comic book company without any experience and competing against Marvel and DC. So I have this reputation of having been the progenitor of a lot of creators' rights, which is true, but it wasn't altruistically driven. Mm-hmm. Um, the ethos of it I always supported, but the real reason was Marvel and DC could outbid us for anybody that they wanted, so we had to be able to offer them something Marvel and DC wouldn't. We offered royalties, Marvel and DC never did. Mm-hmm. And that's really what led to Image Comics right. was... Those creators going into Marvel and saying, how come First Comics is paying royalties and you guys won't? And they said, because we don't think we have to. And so they all left and formed Image. Image. Um, We gave equity 
if we did a TV show, if we did a movie, that they would get a piece of that, that they would get credit for that positions that Marvel and DC came to years later, essentially when they had to. Um, but we did it voluntarily. We always looked at comic creators as being important as part of the pop culture. I was at um, San Diego Comic-Con. You may have heard of that. Big, Our biggest in the country. We San Diego gets maybe 105,000 people, mm-hmm. not counting the pros who attend. And I've been going there. I think this will be my 30th year in a row or something crazy like that. Incredible. But I got invited to the Angoulême Southern France Festival de Comique, where they get over a quarter of a million people. And in France, comic books and comic art storytelling is considered important culturally. And I went to a publisher's dinner, and um, I was sitting next to a French publisher who was just shooting daggers at me the whole time. This was when there was all that cultural war with France and American fries and all that stuff. Oh, wow. I didn't even know if he spoke English. And at the end of it, and he's smoking the whole time, he looks at me and says, I do not understand you Americans. You've made only two contributions to world culture in the entirety of your existence. Jazz and comic books, and you piss on both of them. (laughs) And I said, yeah, I guess that's true. Um, So I've always been someone who proselytizes for the wonder that is great comic art storytelling. It's not all great. Um, It's not all wonder, but man, I could do 20 minutes of great comic art storytelling. That's brilliant, Mm -hmm. just really brilliant. And someday, I think, um, the United States will start to Appreciate recognize, it. recognize it the same way that you know <laughs> Bob Dylan wins the Nobel Prize for literature. Uh-huh. Nah, I would tell you in the seventies that was not really likely to happen, <laughs> um, but it did, and I expect Bruce Springsteen will be along in ten or fifteen years, and he'll win it too. So I think I think that's going to start to happen with recognition of comic art. And it is starting to happen. Um, But so far, the recognition at the high end has been really elegant kind of New York book publishers stuff, which is fine. Um, But I will tell you that there are people publishing at just your average comic book imprint. And some of that stuff is... Glorious. The book Lives um, that Glenn Farrington wrote and then the Philbach brothers came up with a visual on it that's just spectacular. It's it's a great, great book. You can't you can't read that book without it emotionally impacting you. And that's to me what great storytelling is about, whether it's film or it's episodic television, novels. Uh, or comic art. Do you have Do you have a, a character or a set of characters that you love to to read or watch or 
or uh, go back to? Um, yeah, I mean, I have so many. I love Zen. Okay. Intergalactic Ninja. It's such a lovely story. I mean, 30 years of him, so it's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's, there aren't a lot of independents that have published over 100 comic book issues. Right. Zen is one. Badger is run. Mike Barron's Badger is just a great, a great character. Um, and I think one day that'll make its way into uh, film or television because it's so it's so rich and so um, people are so passionate about that for a reason, a good reason. Um, I love Captain Freebird, <laughs> Phil, Burke's, Phil Bach's last um, graphic novel, Captain Freebird, American Prayer. Um, it, it's another one of those that just it it just grabs you. It gets you. Um, you have to you have to be able to find things that tell a really terrific story. I, I would say, if you'd ask me, what's the one thing that I look for in books? But you probably did ask me, and I ducked the question. <laughs> um, I would say I want books that have characters that have heart. Okay. I want characters that do the right thing for the right reason and impact somebody's life. Um, a lot of what we do at First Comics really is paying it forward being appreciative of these creators and their commitment to us as a brand and to their craft. Their art is, you know, it's awesome stuff. And uh, I just feel privileged to be able to get to work with them um, and am most appreciative and try and express that whenever I can. I'm very lucky. Mm-hmm. And so let me ask you this: uh, A creator wants to come and and, and show themselves off to to be a part of First Comics. What what's their best route for doing that? For getting for getting to see you, show them show you them their work. Hmm. Well, we have a website, and you can write us and do submission. Um, and we've we found some people that way once in a while. Um, but I would say, looking in hindsight, when we've picked somebody up, it's been because somebody that we know asked us to look at them. Mm. Jimmy Palmiotti or Neil Gaiman or whoever said, you know, this is, I think this guy's really good and he's between publishers or he's been working for so-and-so and and I know what that means and so he's looking for a home that'll treat him better Mm -hmm. um that you know there's there's a number of top creators that if they sent me an email that's certainly the surest way of getting me to look at something um and sometimes it's not for us but I'm able to say to him you know I'm I, I think what you're doing might be great for so-and-so because I'm close to a lot of other publishers. And I'll say, if you'd like, I'd be glad to, you know, give him a call and ask him to look at it. And no strings either way. 
but um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. The other, the other way I think is to do something online and develop a following for the right reason. Mm-hmm. Um, Carrie Lynn Smith, Kaylin's stuff, uh, like Plume. That's how we got to know her. She had a terrific fan base for all the right reasons, and she was just publishing online uh, for free. You could read her stuff. And then she started to print publish, and people still bought the books, Mm -hmm. even though they'd read them online because they're so great, and they wanted to give them as gifts or, you know, all the reasons that people buy books are still valid reasons. The only one is you don't need to print publish to get your stuff written anymore because of online publishing um, and people that are really talented can become stars in their own right in their own world and if they're really that good they'll percolate up they'll find our attention we won't be able to ignore them those are probably the best ways I can think of okay so what's one one project upcoming project that you're super excited for one upcoming project in print? In print, yes. In the, the first oh, comics. Oh, I don't know. I can do one. Love Town, um, which is the Ewan Brothers. Um, it's classic noir, brilliant art. Um, and I love noir stuff. It's one of the reasons why I so love working with Max Allen Collins. Um, but it happens to be in a world where there's vampires and werewolves and the lead detective <laughs> Ali Saxon um, gets bit by a vampire and gets infected so now she's one of the lead detectives eh, except she's a vampire it's just <laughs> great stuff issues um, zero through three are out issue four comes to your comic store this month and then um and you should be able to get it on our website, knock on wood. But then um, the trade collection, you can go start hammering your local r- comics retailer and say, I just want to make sure that you put aside um, Love Town, the first comics trade paperback. Um, it's, a, you know, it's a challenge getting, there's a lot of good stuff. It's like television. I keep hearing about TV shows People say, man, have you seen fill in the blank? It's, you know, Chernobyl. Chernobyl's fantastic. I said, wait, what? What, what, Where is this? What is this? Uh, Comics are like that, too. There's just, um, there's some great stuff out there, and a lot of it, you know, falls under the radar. Hard to, hard to uh, keep up with it all. It's true. There's a lot of it out there. um, Part of what makes it fun is knowing that there really is. A lot of great stuff. If there weren't, then it wouldn't be fun. So, uh, one thing we love to talk about here is uh, what people love to geek out about. So, what is it that that you were super passionate about? And it doesn't have to be, you know, work things or comic books or movies or TV shows. It could be working on cars, I? huh? Did you say what was I? Or, no, no. What is what is something that you're super passionate about? Oh, well, we've got. The Boys' first season, which is Garth Ennis, Derek Robertson, brilliant series. Um, 
is going to drop right after Comic-Con, the first eight episodes. And they're terrific. Eric Kripke, who created Supernatural, he's our showrunner. He and Garth work very closely on this um, because it's, it's difficult for a showrunner to take something that has passionate fans and some very definitive events, characters, and then figure out how they work in the world of television. You wouldn't think it's that difficult, but it's very, very hard. Mm-hmm. And Eric's been doing a great job. Um, I, I think Amazon's been a brilliant partner on this, and um, the first season, I think, is going to make people's heads explode <laughs> in the best of ways. Um, so I think that's July 26th that that drops. Um, I'm certainly passionate about that. We've got, oh, four other things in heavy stages of development um, that, you know, I can't talk about yet because they're not far enough enough along. And uh, that wouldn't be fair. And I also am superstitious about that stuff. But um, there's going to be some wonderful things. Two of our books are being developed. Um and then two projects from people that I work with that First Comics doesn't publish are being developed. And uh, it's, it's just and the thing, you ask what I'm passionate about. You have to be passionate about more than the title. You mm-hmm. have to be passionate about more than the creator. You have to find the people who are equally as passionate about that you can work with, like Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, who were so drivingly passionate on Preacher and then even before Preacher had taken off when we were shooting the pilot in um, Albuquerque came to Garth and me and said we want to do the boys we just love the boys and we sat with them and said okay let's see what we can do about that (laughs) so when you have people like um Evan and Seth, who are really talented, really smart, really creative, and you're lucky enough to have them be passionate about something that you're involved with, it's a joy. So that's, I think that's probably the thing that I'm most difficult about is whom we want to work with. Right. There's a lot of people that want to work with us because of the content. And then they want you to come back in three years and see what they've done, and um, it's just not the way we do it. Um, it's uh, the money part of it is the least important part of it, because if you do something great, you'll make plenty of money. There you go. But it's the doing something that you're proud of, that you're happy to be involved with, that you're really pleased with, how it turned out. My gosh, the casting on Preacher. And now the casting on the boys, you, you couldn't have found better people <laughs> to play those characters. You wouldn't have believed you could find those people. You wouldn't have believed Joe Gilgan as, as Cassidy. We thought, we talked about it. We thought, Cassidy, geez, that's going to be a bitch. How are you ever going to find that character? And then as Seth Rogen said, and then Cassidy walked in the door. He sure did. And we looked at each other and said, <laughs> okay, well, that makes that easy. And he's he's been great, but you also got Ruth Nagos, brilliant. Oh, just such a great actress. Good gosh, is she great? And Dominic Cooper. Yep. Um, and then all of our 
all the other roles that are, I hate to say secondary, but whatever you are, if you're not primary, but you're still really important and doing great things. Correct. Jeez, one after the other. Yeah, no, I mean, awfully good, incredibly good, incredibly good casting on that. So, yes, I'm I'm a huge fan of Preacher, and I am super excited for Amazon's The Boys. And uh, you know, I love a, a lot of the titles here at First First Comics. So, uh, I want to say thank you for taking this time to talk to me. Um, it's been an honor. So, this has been Mitch on the floor of amazing Las Vegas Comic Con with Ken Levin saying, "Always remember to geek, geek out." out. This concludes our broadcast. 